WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD1, WKCR.org, 89.9 FM, WKCR FM New York. That's us. I'm Mitch Goldman, and we do call this show Deep Focus. And what we do is we have a guest comes into the studio, chooses a topic of fascination, and the challenge to your humble narrator is to delve into the WKCR archives and find live, unreleased recordings of the artist of the guest choice. And I'm so happy to welcome back to the WKCR studios, Firon Akloff. Thank you, Mitch. So where are we going, man? What are we're we going hear? deep. We're going to the deep end of the pool. <laughs> we are indeed. We're going way out and, in center field. And it's, out a, by it, the and it's, it's not just a little <laughs> trinket pool. It's a an Olympic pool, indeed, <laughs> the in, one that the, the, the like the kind I swim in, a reflecting pool, perhaps. <laughs> oh, reflect. <laughs> yeah, I reflect after I swim it. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, ah, uh, yes. One of the bright lights that reflects in the pool. Who are we going to be exploring? Jack DeJanet. Jack DeJanet. Yes, a uh, not not just a drummer. Uh, a phrase that could describe my guest as well. Jack's name is musical and percussive as well. You see how that goes? It is. Like if you have a name like that, you would have to be pretty, uh, how would you say, uh, bouncing off of things. Yeah. It's It's got everything in it. It's got percussion in it it's got a song in it it's a flourish it's it's a flourish <laughs> of uh you know a wide array of languages in the the areas that we're familiar with yeah well we i i took up the challenge and we did find a pretty magical recording we're going to get to share that i don't think anybody's heard unless they happen to be in uh birmingham uk in 1992 but um before we push into that um i don't know you want to should we just start with some music or do you want to give a little uh oh no i have to i have to give a little something please i have to set us up a yes little. well you know jack was inspired to play by family members and he represents this kind of thing that is uh, one of the reasons that I got into music as well finding mentors within the community uh, that would inspire one to do music Uh, coming from a place like Chicago it's pretty easy to find great musicians but to get to get the you know to have the experience of knowing great people uh to make you into a great person that's not it doesn't always happen that way <laughs> so it so when you see him you see a few generations of of worthy constituents and otherwise upwardly lifting men and women, you know, coming out of the Midwest. Um, so that's first of all. So you take Are there any are there people in particular? Do we know I'm gonna story? tell I'm gonna tell everyone right now to go to Wikipedia and and look at Jack's 
Wikipedia. Um, I thought I'd read it, but I, th- I think it sounds a little strange to, to read it. And I don't want to put one person above another because he's amongst a galaxy of people who I still respect to this day. Uh, it's just a wonderful thing to see how he was blessed and, and he continued to bless others. Very, very significant being in that way, you know. If we're sending people to uh, Wikipedia, something we probably should do anyway, there might be people listening who are not so familiar with Jack DeJeanette. I'm going to spell his last name for you so you know. It's uh, D-E, capital D-E, capital J-O-H-N-E-T-T-E, DeJeanette. And, yeah, take a look. And It's uh, the third one that comes up. Well, all you have to put is Jack D, and first you get... <laughs> Jack Dempsey. Okay. And then you get, <laughs> I don't want to go, <laughs> it's the third one. It'll be <laughs> Put Jack D. Put Jack D and start clicking. He's a heavyweight, too. Yes. So we know this. <laughs> yeah. So um, you had another paragraph you were going to. Well, um, the wide range that Jack reflects comes from. A meditative place. Um, so, concentration, meditation, and coming up in a time when that was more of the drug than any other, uh, he, we were fortunate to have him, you know, really be interested in enlightenment. And using music in that way, and you know, which is um, what we all aspire to do in some ways or another. But it, it's it's something that you really have to work on, <laughs> you know. And you know, it's a it's a life's work. But but there are many times when you see someone, and you know, particularly, yes, there are the accolades like being a jazz master by the NEA, but he's like a jazz master and, and beyond that, a music, uh, you know, angel to a lot of people throughout the world, not just the NEA. So, um, so in addition to being that person, so many of us, wanted to play like him. <laughs> and um, even today, I was just listening to some of the younger drummers today play. And I said, man, that's really, that's really so interesting. to hear these guys play this way. And I'm saying, and, and, and so much of this comes from a way that Jack uh, really synchronized um, his percussive approach not only using, you know, not only in terms of rhythms and, you know, musical language uh, from the drum, um, you know, but also this blending of sonic texture. Uh, and I, I remember the first time I had a chance to play on his drums, they were in the recording studio. I was in, a, I was doing a rehearsal and uh, Bob, uh, Indian Navigation Records. Um, uh, what's Bob's last name? Um, okay, um, let's see. Bob's daughter's name is Beth. Let's see. What's, what's Bob? It'll come to you. It'll come to me. But so I, I played on the drums and say, wow, this, I never thought that they would be tuned this way. Just from hearing the recordings and, you know. With the sonar? So. Yeah. It was an early sonar set as well, and I became a sonar endorser as well, but I didn't. I didn't get that sound. <laughs> I got a sound, but it wasn't that sound. Uh, but yeah, it's just the, the the perfect balance between drum and cymbal, the most even, you know. Uh, so I, it's almost like it comes out already mixed. You know? mm. It's very interesting approach so and they're, they're very musical mm-hmm, drums I and mean, mm-hmm. instruments have a a lot more going on a lot of overtone and a lot of uh which could be difficult to control i would think too well you know those guys i don't think they ever watch tv you know 
they 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 probably play music all day every day as much as they could and you know it's a different just beyond him just when you get to my generation you know you might find people practicing while watching TV, you know, <laughs> I mean, I I didn't, but you would, you know, the, texting. It well, yeah. <laughs> well, oh Lord, <laughs> I think, yeah. But meanwhile, um, Jack definitely uh, did some of the many things that uh, uh, successful musicians and band leaders would do is to have several different bands that got younger and younger yeah yeah <laughs> so and um this particular band that he has were uh you know are made up of a group of young guys a little younger than i when i remember when they came to town um and one of his friends uh who is the great benny maupin and who is also from Detroit, as I am, and who I first saw playing with Lee Morgan uh-huh. at the Cobo Arena in 1971, which wow. would have been just before he was killed. Yeah. And Benny Maupin was playing with him, who because Billy Harper would play sometimes too. Mm-hmm. But I guess since he he was in Detroit, he said, "Oh, let me call Billy Benny Maupin." And, and Cobo uh, Arena that was an enormous. It was basketball. Enormous. It was enormous arena. Exactly, and I was way up high, <laughs> but I loved it. <laughs> what would, I'm curious what the gig was that they would be playing a place. Like it that. would have been the music from Lee Morgan's last record, that double record, that wow. double album. Uh, yeah, was he headlining the show or was it like a yeah, festival? Yeah, yeah, it was just a Lee Morgan concert. Wow, it may, it may have, you know, people in Detroit were pretty hip. <laughs> you know, this is like I, I was really fortunate there. There may have been another act, but, but it was but, his show. That's, yeah, I mean, that's Lee like Morgan. a yeah. We wanted to see Lee Morgan. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people did apparently. I mean, you know, the first concert I saw at fourteen when I could go by myself was uh, Alice Coltrane and um, Horace Silver. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, that, this was a, I mean, and a big concert hall. You see, this is Packed. this is why I invite Feronach Lot to come on this show. <laughs> Not too many people have these stories. I'll keep going, keep going. Well, I mean, I'm lucky because I'm from a music town. I mean, I also would... Um, I often tell my students the stories of going to see the Motown Review. I mean, it's like who who could ever see some every band on the label for seven hours for three dollars? <laughs> wow! wow. But know, let me ask so. you something a uh, hypothetical sort of question: mm-hmm. Is there, if you're a music listener, is there any town that's not a music town? I mean, if you want to find it, you may not find that, but you'll find yeah. somebody impassioned with something to share, right? Do you think or do you, dis- do you agree or disagree? Uh, I say that, um, yeah, musical and music, we might want to distinguish. But because I've, I have to say, uh, I was in Birmingham in 1983. <laughs> 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 and uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> not, not happening? It was... <laughs> it, it, it 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 looked like it could have been um, Warsaw in nineteen eighty four. It certainly felt that way. I mean, um, it it was interesting and provincial and, and not as rude as London. <laughs> well, sometimes, but, I know sometimes those are the places where mm-hmm. amazing things happen too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but as a hub and as a center sprouting many talented and honing lots of talent, um, 
in a in a in a way that's like a farm, you know, uh, which is sometimes a good thing and sometimes not. You know, like I'd say a Silicon Valley of uh, prodigious players and the and those who really celebrated the joy of music, yet held a relatively insecure spot in thinking of what it takes to be great, like moving to New York, which is, you know, in the song of, you know, New York, New York, and and it's a bunch of crap. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like talking about a brain drain or, you know, or a three-card Monty in some cases. Uh, versus a place that loved music so much that you know, you know, you have many places where you could uh, study music for free. You'd have people who played many different styles of music. They didn't make a difference between jazz and classical and rock. And it was the joy of music was appreciated. You know, the churches, the uh, you know, educational institutions. And the folklore. I mean, my my uncle said, oh, I heard you play those bongos. I'm going to have your dad get you a drum set. And when you get good, I'm going to get you a gig with John Lee Hooker. Wow. And and so I thought, I, I, I didn't even know what a gig was. <laughs> and How old were you? I don't know. <laughs> but but I certainly Little. remember that. You were, you were... And, and then I find out, 30 years, 40 years later, that John Lee Hooker lived right around the corner from me. Wow. So he wasn't just making this up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm now me saying what I said, that <laughs> you will find, you know, seek and ye shall find, takes nothing away from the fact that you... I know you, you're a Buddhist, too, so that's well, why... You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, but, but no, no you're you right. Did, you, I, mean, I, I do believe that's true a lot of the time, but there is no question that you came up in a golden age... In uh, that's part of it too. The yeah, age that's really part of it. Cause in, in, in I don't a magic know if, place, magic place, magic time. Certainly don't know if it's like that now. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, we don't know. Each each period brings different things, but I am so happy <clears throat> to be in this period because I have gray hair I can show off. <laughs> you know, I'm, I mean, I'm really into it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So, so, um, but yeah, um, the way in which Jack Dijonette, uh impressed people was manyfold. Um, great personality, a um, whole lot of giant afro. <laughs> right. That counted for a lot then. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the, yeah, I mean, I, I just think I noticed it not only from the way in which I was impressed musically, but the way in which his young band members like Lonnie Plaxico, who I was just in a recording studio the other day, who had so many great things to say about him, how young and vibrant he was more so than them. Right. Right. And, and how, what a great business man he was and how well he paid them and how you know that honorable honorable character that we all wish that you know everybody would have that experience <laughs> so so yeah there's a there's a you know then you got the wide range of you know his start and the, the way he played uh, from you know piano trio to AACM you know so that that breadth is always really an interesting. And then, um, of course, the long shadow of Miles Davis. The long shadow, <laughs> which, you know, which you can also, you know, get glean a lot from. And um, it's interesting how um, I guess everybody has different, you know, stories about Miles, but when I saw him live, uh, 
at Eastern Michigan University in 1973. Mm. Um, miles Jack had already oh, yeah, yeah. gone, so yeah. uh, it was Al Foster, and he was new right at that time. So no slouch. <laughs> yeah, no, great. I mean, this was the this was a serious band, um, the the on the corner band. So it sounded great, and um, um, but yeah, that needless to say, Jack making bitches brew such a classic um, is just a reminder of how that usually happens from the foundry chair, which is what I'll call the drum set sometimes. The throne. <laughs> the, from the throne. <laughs> the throne is the hit maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, was there another uh, vantage at which we want to see this before we hear it? Well, yeah. Um, well, all these guys are such young geniuses. Gary Thomas, who... I don't know well. I played with once with Jerry Allen and just a pinnacle of discipline kind of guy and, Mm -hmm. you know, wonderful sound. Um, And Michael Caine, who became my younger brother in Brooklyn uh, throughout the 90s and um, to this day, just brilliant broad range here where I can see felt very comfortable exploring so many textures with Jack. Oh man, he plays he plays mm-hmm. a lot on mm-hmm. this. <laughs> yeah, you're going to hear. Mhm. So yeah, so So here well there we it are. is. So it's billed as Jack Dejanet special edition which was a band that uh with an evolving cast of characters had been around for uh, uh, at least 10, 12 years or more at that point, 1992. And so, yeah, it's Gary Thomas and Benny Maupin on the reeds up front, Michael Caine piano, Lonnie Plaxico plays upright and electric bass, and the leader, Jack Dijonette, on the drums. Shall we head to Symphony Hall in Birmingham? Well, yes. Let's go to Symphony Hall, Birmingham, UK and open up our hearts and ears and minds to receive this music that was done to move us forward. Oh, I think they're coming on stage now. Mm-hmm. You're listening to WKCR. I'm Mitch <laughs> Goldman. The show is called Deep Focus. My guest is Firon Aklaf. There's a live recording, obviously. Jack Dijonet's special edition, Birmingham, UK, 1992.
Symphony Hall in Birmingham, England, October 1992 with Jack DeJanet, a live recording from the WKCR archives. I'm Mitch Goldman. The show is Deep Focus, and the Deep Focus is through the eyes and ears of Firon Akloff here in the studio with me. I'm Mitch Goldman, and um, that was a that was a rather dramatic illustration of exactly what you were talking about of what Jack DeJanette brings to the bandstand. Yeah, very much uh, vital, youthful sound. And um, that piece was entitled Earthwork. And it certainly had some special groove happening. Uh, In addition to great solos and I believe that it would help to uh, talk about the texture of the keyboard sound as well because it certainly has a sound that is not anything like what was happening with the electric period of the 70s that Jack made so, you know, prominently uh, displayed uh, during the Bitches Brew period with Miles. Um, But we definitely got a chance to hear a little bit different kind of feel uh well special edition did not always have a piano player mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize jack DeJanet himself is a pretty accomplished pianist and yep. he would play some piano as well right i i i can't help but say this part because every now and then there are pieces of music that you hear and they'll come back, and the melody will just jump in, and you'll just start hearing that, and you say, why am I hearing that? And I think we all have that. Well, it sometimes comes from these great lines in a great composition. And uh, Lennox Avenue Breakdown ah, and Arthur Blythe's yes. alto sound is one of those for me. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so, Go ahead. People might not know that recording. Well, yeah, and that... Uh, I'm hearing it in my head right yeah, now. Yeah, because... Just, and the whole sound of having tuba. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was really special. And guitar. And guitar. Tuba, guitar, and Blythe on that searing alto. So sometimes... You're like- listening to a Deep Focus podcast from 2019. Firon Akloff. My guest in the studio, our topic, Jack DeJanet. This is part one of three parts. So go on and check out parts two and three. And, well, if you're new to Deep Focus, then you're going to want to subscribe because you're not going to get any advertisements or solicitations of any kind or see a tip cup. You're just going to get this programming content that you like. And there's tons of it. We've got... uh, like 150 hours of it posted already, more going up every week. You'll find us on your favorite podcasting app or at Deep. No, not Deep. On your favorite podcasting app, the app. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. The show's called Deep Focus. I'm the host, Mitch Goldman. You'll find us as Deep Focus on your favorite podcasting app. But if you don't see it there, you can find us at mitchgoldman.podbean.com, okay? And uh, you can also follow us on Instagram. I go on there and post upcoming shows and cool photos of these artists and uh, get some good discussions going sometimes with your fellow listeners and people who love the stuff that you love. So come and find us there and enjoy. 